You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. I, I titled this sermon, You Were Invited To, and that came as I was beginning to research this message in Matthew chapter 11. And I want you all to think back when you were five or six years old, maybe just in first grade, kindergarten, and you got that first birthday party invitation from one of your classmates. And, and how did that make you feel? I got invited to go to a birthday party. I know I thought it was exciting because here's why. One, it meant that somebody liked me enough that they invited me to celebrate with them. Two, I got to go shopping with my mom to buy this person something that I really wanted myself. And, and, and three, I was going to get cake and ice cream and play games. Uh, and when you're six, cake and ice cream, worth it all, even if you didn't like the person. Okay? So I, I enjoyed getting invited to, to things like that. Now, I am much older than five or six now, and... What I enjoy is I enjoy getting invited to share with friends kind of close times, laughing together, getting to know one another, learning from one another, just being with others. In our world, though, the problem is it seems to be getting harder and harder because our lives have become so, so very busy. And as I look around my workplace, as I look in the mirror, I'm finding weary, burdened, worn-out people collapsing from all they feel they need to do. Expectations either they have put on themselves or expectations that others have placed upon them are weighing them down. If you're in one of my life groups, you'll know that one of the things I always ask for prayer for is time. Time to think, time to just be me, time to kind of hide. And I'm an introvert, so for me, being with people is fun, but it's tiring. And so the way that I recover is I go out by myself. You know, one of the places I recover is on a lawnmower. I sit on the lawnmower, I put on my tunes, I put on my headphones over the top, my hearing protection over the top, and I drive for an hour. I've got an hour of Dan time whacking the heads off of dandelions. Okay? For me, that's recovery time. When I come home from work, I have to recharge. The thing that I do when I come home from work, first thing I do is I'm going to practice violin and cello. Every day when I get home from work, first thing I do, grab my violin and cello. In today's passage, Jesus calls out to us. He calls out to the weary and invites them to come and receive rest. But he promises even more. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been invited to come take a nap. Okay? I woke up this morning. How many of you woke up this morning and go, oh, another day, I've got to get out of bed. Alarm clock just went off, okay? Um, Even though I'm preaching today and I love church and I love I didn't want to get out of bed at 6.30. Okay? Um, We're all in that situation. Jesus offers us something more. So I want us to go to the passage in Matthew 11, 
verses 28 through 30, and let's see what Jesus has to say. And this is from Matthew. Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples, and this is what he wrote that Jesus said. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now I see two facets of Jesus' uh, invitation here, two facets of Jesus' invitation in this passage. There's actions that we need to take if we want to fully experience the rest that Jesus wants to give us. The first is we need to come to him to enter into a personal, intimate personal relationship with him. So we need to come to Jesus to enter into an intimate personal relationship with him. That's what he desires. Secondly, we need to come to him to enter into a mentoring partnership. He wants to have a mentoring partnership with us. He says we want to learn. And that brings me to my bumper sticker for today. Um, Always have one. And it's come to Jesus, the rest is easy. Come to Jesus, the rest is easy. The idea is that if we come to Jesus and we take and drop everything else that we have and we take up things that he wants to do, we will find that we have rest. It may be challenging, but it will be easy because it's what we were made for and what we want to do. So we come come to enter into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus. The passage begins with a simple invitation. Come to me. Now, I want you to listen to this. Come to me. It doesn't say, come to me, but stay that far away. Right? It doesn't say, come to me only if. Jesus is saying, come to me. It's an invitation to us. We have to come to him. We, it's a decision of our will. He is there all the time. We just have to turn and come to him. We, not, we can't hold him at arm's length either. We, if we want to have this intimate personal relationship, it's got to be completely open. We can't turn and walk away from him and have that personal, intimate personal relationship. We need to come to Jesus. Now, he wants to have an intimate personal relationship with us. This in itself should bring us comfort. The God of the universe who knows everything that I've done Good, stupid, or otherwise, and I'll tell you one of those words has a lot more than the others, Um, and he still wants to be with me. He still wants to know me. He still wants me to come into his presence. He still wants me to be one of his closest friends. So why should I want to come to Jesus? I want you to think about this. He owns all the resources we could ever need. Jesus has everything that we could ever need. There is nothing that we need that he can't provide. I can't say that about anything in this world. Jesus is the first place to go. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, writes, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God has promises that tell us he's going to give us what we need to do the work that he wants us to do. 
This is the person that I'm going to go to if I want to receive rest because he has everything that I need to receive that rest. He loved us so much that he was willing to die for our sins. Paul wrote to the Roman Christians that, that we owed a debt and we couldn't pay it. And Jesus decided to pay it for us. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin was death and eternal separation from God. And the gift of eternal life is part of the rest that Jesus offers to us. I want you to think about this. Jesus gives us the gift of eternal life. Once we know that, he has taken all of our sins away. The stupid things that I have left to do are already forgiven. The stupid things that I've already done are already forgiven. The stupid things I'm doing right now, they're already forgiven. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. He loves me so much, he died for me. My sins are gone. This is the God that I'm turning to. This is the God that I'm coming to. We sang, oh, come to the altar. Our Father's arms are open wide. They are. He wants us to come into that personal relationship, intimate personal relationship with him. One of the reasons that we become weary is we forget that Jesus paid it all. We forget that all of our sins are forgiven. So we try to do things to try to please God. Uh, we try to do things to try to, to please God, and we're worried that we're not doing enough to please God. And that's not true. God loves us. You cannot earn any more love from God. You can't lose any love from God. He's, he's going to love you always. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus simply wants us to come and trust him, trust in his death on the cross. Then we can rest from all of the labors that we're trying to do to please him and we'll be freed to do the things that he's called us to do. He wants us to rest and trust in him, to step into that personal relationship. Paul wrote, but God demonstrates his own love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, not once we cleaned up our lives. Not once I was perfect that Jesus died for me. No, it, it, that would never happen anyway. John, one of Jesus' closest friends on earth, records these words from the resurrected Jesus. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus has invited us to come to him and find rest. We also need to invite him into our lives as Lord. Relinquishing control to him, then we will begin to find a rest that cannot be taken from us, even in the midst of life's greatest burden. We can do this by prayer. It's a means of coming to him and expressing our own need of him and of his forgiveness. And if it's your desire to enter into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, you can do so today by praying with me like this. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross in place for my sins. I believe in you, Lord. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of all my desires and goals and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, or you prayed it previously, Jesus promises to take away all of our sins. Again, those we have committed, 
those we will commit. He takes away the burden of being good enough and promises us eternal life. And we can rest in that. Now, I want you to notice when we prayed, we prayed two titles for Jesus. We prayed Savior and we prayed Lord. Savior, the one who saves us from our sins, and Lord, the one who is supposed to have authority over our lives. To receive the full blessing of the gift of rest Jesus offers us, we not only need to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, we need to come into a mentoring relationship with Jesus. He wants to help us grow, uh, to find our purpose, to liberate us from the burdens and things that make us weary. And that brings me to my second point. We come into a, into a mentoring partnership. We come to come into a mentoring partnership with Jesus. And back in the passage, it says this. You go to verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So what's a mentoring partnership? A mentoring partnership is one where someone who already has skills and knowledge and ability comes along somebody who needs those skills, knowledges, and ability and coaches them into becoming what they're supposed to be. So it's it's somebody coming alongside. They're not doing the work, but they're coaching as somebody's doing the work. The mentor is there to help you improve, to show you answers that you may not have found, to answer questions that you have, to give you guidance on how to do it better until you attain the level that the mentor is less than. The idea of the mentor is to help somebody grow into something that's better than what they were before, to become all that they were supposed to be. And this is how Jesus wants to work with us. He guides us with his word. He guides us by sending us his Holy Spirit. He guides us by placing other believers in our lives. So can you see the implications here? When, when Jesus calls us to come and to receive rest, he's not calling us to come and lounge. Okay? He's calling us to find rest. He wants us to learn because he has tasks for us to do. Tasks that will bring us rest. To do this, we have to take his yoke upon us. It says, take my yoke upon you. So before we can begin learning, before we can pick up his yoke, you know what? We have to drop everything else we're carrying. You can't pick up something else if your hands are full. Jesus has yoke he wants us to carry, but if our hands are full, we can't pick it up. So what do we do? We dump all the garbage, the stuff that we're trying to do in our own strength, we dump that at his feet, and we listen to Jesus, and we pick up what he wants us to pick up. One of the reasons that we are wearied and burdened is because we are doing things and carrying burdens that we should not be carrying. They are outside of Jesus' purpose for our lives. Peter, the disciple who denied Jesus and was restored by Jesus, writes this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Jesus wants us to dump all of our stuff at his feet and leave it there. And once you dump it, you can't take it back. So if you're carrying a burden of sin, you dump it there. You don't take it back. Jesus has forgiven it. 
If Jesus asks you to give up something, we give it up. We dump it there. We don't try to take it back. When we do that, we need to understand that he loves us. Now, if anybody understood that Jesus loved him, it would be Peter. I don't think what Peter, how uncomfortable Peter had to have been, I preached on this not too long ago, how uncomfortable he had to have been to see Jesus after the resurrection, after he had denied him three times the night he was betrayed. Now, when we dump all that stuff, then we'll be free. And Jesus illustrates this about how we need to let go of things and sit at Jesus' feet and learn in a story about Martha and Mary. And he says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I, I, I wouldn't want to be Martha here. Martha, Martha, right? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Only, indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha wasn't doing bad things. She was trying to be a good host. She wanted everything to be done perfectly because Jesus and his friends were there. But that was not what was most important. Jesus did not care if the meal and the home were in perfect condition. He was concerned about the relationships. And he was teaching Mary had chosen to learn from him, and he said that this was better. So how much of our burdens and weariness comes from ourselves? Are we doing things so that others will think well of us? When I think about this Facebook thing, other social media, Instagram, are we posting things on there and constantly trying to uh, fill our lives with experiences so that others will think well of us? There's actually a new acronym out there, and it's uh, FOMO, F-O-M-O. It's called Fear of Missing Out. And uh, it's become a psychological syndrome, is my understanding, that people are so obsessed with missing out that they're trying to do everything, and they're burning out. So, uh, and, and they have the same fear for their kids. My kids are going to miss out. Oh, they... They need to do this, and, 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 then, and then they need to do this. And so on a, a weeknight, there might be a family in five different locations on the same night trying to fill their life with things with the kids so the kids don't miss out. There is a huge theme park in the central Florida that everybody feels that their kids need to go to. There's a fear of missing out if my kids don't get to go to this theme park. I'm not going to say it by name. You all know what it is. I've been there. You ain't missing nothing. Unless you like to stand in lines, okay? Um, fear of missing out. We're trying to cram so much stuff in our life that we can't rest. Are we d doing so many things that we don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn? Have we set expectations for ourselves that Jesus does not even desire for us? Are we trying to become something we were not meant to be? Are we... Are we doing it because we think somebody else wants me to be that rather than that's what Jesus wants to me to be? Are you able to say to somebody else, that's not my life path. I need to go this way. Have we even asked Jesus 
what he wants from us. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to be? Now, we have become a society that values materialism. And I thought I was making up a new word, but my wife said that it's actually a word. And experientialism. Uh, We want to own or experience all these great things and spend all of our time doing so, often only because we think it will make us look good or it's going to make us feel good. And Jesus says, no, you need to come to me and rest. I have a personal opinion about social media, and, and it's a great tool, but it's one source that is producing a great deal of weariness in our lives because it's sucking so much time out of our schedules. People are constantly looking at their Facebook, and they feel if they don't respond to somebody's Facebook post soon enough that they're not going to like them. If I, if I don't check my email every 10 minutes and I don't respond to that email in 10 minutes, I, I'm going to be in trouble Uh, And so we get tied to our phones and to our computers and our tablets, and and then we don't have time, and we get weary. It's driving people apart. People are saying things on social media that they would never say to somebody's face, creating tension as everyone's trying to look good too. So I'm going to look like this so that my friends think I'm like this. And and, and half the time it's all a lie. And and it's just making us tired. It's making us frustrated. It's making us angry. It's driving us apart. We're trying to meet expectations of others instead of Jesus. We're becoming focused on self rather than on Jesus and others. Jesus wants to give us rest. But if we fill up all of our time with the pursuit of things and experiences, we will not have any room for rest. We have to make room for rest, time to learn and pursue our purpose in Jesus. And when, he, when we prayed earlier to enter this personal relationship with Jesus, we prayed thanking Jesus for giving, for giving us, but we also prayed that he would become our Lord. And to enter into a mentoring relationship with Jesus, we need to begin with prayer too. We need to ask for forgiveness for filling up our lives with things that crowd him out. If our lives are too busy for Jesus, we need to pray for forgiveness and ask him to tell us what to weed out. We need to reprioritize what we're doing. So we need to ask him to help us. So one, take an inventory of our lives and schedules and ask, is this something Jesus has for me? Does it fit within his yoke for my life? Have you looked at your schedule lately? Now, I've had to do this at work where I take big blocks, because people will fill my schedule up with meetings. I put big blocks in there that say my time, and when they look at my schedule, it will say busy. Because if I don't put in things for there that say my time, somebody's going to fill it up, and I'm not going to be able to do the things that I'm supposed to do. I have to block my schedule at work. You have to block your schedule for Jesus. We need to set aside time to rest and learn. We need to carve out time in our schedule to sit quietly seeking Jesus and Lord in prayer, to be mentored by him, to learn from him. Pastor Rick Warren, uh, he's a pastor of Saddleback Church out in California, he says this about resting, and he says uh, there's three things. Divert daily. So every day you need to take some time to relax. Do something that uh, brings your heart rate down, that brings your blood pressure down. Uh, So, again, for me, it's music. When I get home, I pick up my violin, first thing. 
Withdraw weekly. You cannot work seven days a week. You have to have one day a week that you withdraw to do the things that, with your family, with your friends, with Jesus. Abandon annually. Take at least one complete week away from work in a full stretch. Not two days here, three days there. Because you do that, you never, ever unwind from work. You, and then when it's time to start get back into work, you start already ramping up. You never get that rest. And if you could take longer than a week, that's even better so that you can find that time to refresh your body and your mind. When God created the world, he did it in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. Do you think God was tired? I heard a preacher ask that. Now, God doesn't get tired. I mean, he, he doesn't even sleep, okay? So he doesn't even need a nap. God is constantly there. But he did it as a, an example, to show us an example, so that he could enjoy his creation. And he wants us to do the same. He wants us to take time. Now, we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. But our bodies still need that rest. After we have let go, we need to pick up the yoke that Jesus has given us. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The passage continues by giving us three reasons why we should enter into his uh, mentoring with relationship with Jesus. The first one is as a master, he is gentle and humble in heart. He's not going to beat us into submission. He brings us along slowly, gradually, gradually making us more like him. Gently prodding with soft hands, not cattle prodding. Okay, There's no electric shock at the end, tasing us to get us to move. He gently prods us along. After Peter denied he knew Jesus on, on that night he was betrayed, Jesus restored him. How did he restore him? He asked, Peter, do you love me? Asked it three times. Peter says, yes, you know that I do. And then every time Jesus told him, fulfill your purpose, feed my lambs, teach my people. Jesus was gently prodding him in the direction that he needs to go. Jesus is gentle and humble at heart. Yes, he is our Lord, but he doesn't lord it over us. Secondly, as we learn and let go, we will find rest for our souls. In the Greek, the word is for souls is suke. This is, this is the deepest essence of who we are. So our core, our inner being, our soul, will find rest there. When we are fulfilling our design purpose, we find contentment and joy that runs to and through our core. This is what Jesus wants for us. He doesn't want some superficial rest. When I take my post-sermon nap today, that's superficial rest. I'm going to be tired again. The rest that Jesus offers never goes away. Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus has made each one of us intentionally. And he's made us for specific purposes and works of service. And when we are outside of his purpose... We experience stress 
intention. So if we're doing things outside of God's will, we're going to find that we are experiencing, we're going to experience stress. That's going to be stressful for us because we're doing things that we weren't designed for. It just makes life hard. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. When we are becoming who we were created to be, we will find it easy. Now, when I use the word easy, I don't want you to think that it's like one plus one equals two. That's simple. By easy, I mean that even if it's challenging, it will be enjoyable. Even though it may be difficult, it won't be overbearing or burdensome. It will be something that we are able to withstand and do. I want you to think about this. I've, I've got an illustration. If you told a robin they needed to become a swimmer. So here's this little red-breasted bird in the lake. You're supposed to be swimming. They would quickly grow weary. Robins are not designed to swim. They would be stressed out because they knew that they were failing at what they were told they needed to do. And then they would be resentful that they have to do that. But if you tell a robin, you need to fly and you need to sing, they're going to say, I like that. I want to do that. They will find it easy, although flying in strong winds may be difficult. They will find it easy. They will find it fulfilling because they are doing what they were created for, and they will be filled with joy. Now, I don't know if robins have emotions. I don't think they do, but uh, again, it's an illustration. So for us, we need to quit comparing ourselves to others. We need to quit letting others set expectations for us but we need to surrender all of our expectations to Jesus. We need to let him be Lord along with Savior. So I want some things here. If social media is a source of stress devouring our time, we may need to step away from it. Now the last thing you notice in this passage is the word yoke. Uh, this word implies that we are not doing this alone. The yoke was designed to be put on two oxen. Jesus is going to be working right alongside of us. It is his yoke that we carry. He carries a large portion of the burden, making the load light. If we decide to take up our own yoke, we will once again become weary as we try to carry, carry on in our own strength rather than in partnership with Jesus. So if we want to find rest... We need to come to Jesus, the only place where true rest can be found. We need to enter into a relationship with Jesus, spending time learning at his feet, being mentored by him. We need to let him direct our goals, activities, and guide us into the ministries prepared for us. We need to align our priorities and our desires with his. We need to become who he created us to be, not striving to meet others' expectations. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Come to Jesus. The rest is easy. I'm going to ask my music team to come up as I pray, and then we will sing our way out this morning. Dear Lord Jesus.
I thank you that you have promised us rest. I pray that you would guide us into your presence, Lord, that we would take up the things that you want us to do and let go of the things that you do not want us to do. And Lord, we recognize that every single one of us is an individual and you have a specific purpose for us. Lord, it will be different than anybody else. Help us to see our specific purpose and help us to rest in you. As this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.